This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm crazy grateful for all of you who subscribe, share, and leave reviews. If this is your first time, welcome to the Elevate community. Like our home church, Living Word, I and the Elevate leaders work as hard as we can to build an atmosphere of love to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. It would mean the world to us if you helped us get the word out by sharing this episode on social media. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate, visit us at iloveelevate.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for everything you do, which brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. All right, so here we are tonight, uh, session two of our six-week series uh, through Psalms. Uh, Pastor Dom started last week with prayer. Hey, hey. Is that different? Is that better? Better? Good? Oh, good? All right, cool. So we were prayer last week, trust this week. Uh, next week we'll get into to praise, which is, is trying to, to, to praise God for, for, oh man. Praise him for what he's done. Then we'll get to worship where we praise him, where we worship him for who he is. Then we'll get to maybe to the point where we can change our ways and repent from what we used to be till finally we get to the end where we are seeking his wisdom and applying his wisdom. So, so that's where we are. Uh, I'm super excited to see how this series unfolds. I'm not sure if it's supposed to go in that order I just said, but in my head it makes sense. So if Don put that together, brilliant. Uh, if not, just a lucky coincidence. Anyway, and as soon as I hear the word trust, uh, the very first thing that I think of is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Uh, I know that several of our leaders have a, have a connection with that verse. I know I do because I'll always remember that being the first Bible verse I ever learned, uh, and I'll never forget it. And before we move forward, I encourage all of you guys to make an attempt to learn some scripture here and there. If ever you're spending time in the Bible and something jumps out at you, write that down. Remember that verse, remember that text, and go to it when you need it. That's what I do with this verse, and uh, you know, I, I highly encourage the, the idea of, of learning scripture. Anyway, what it means, it's, it's basically a polite way of saying that that God knows what's best for you, and you and your friends don't. You know, it's you and your friends are, in the grand scheme of things, y'all are pretty stupid, um, especially teenagers. Um, <laughs> you know, trusting isn't easy. And I say that because we can all think of a time where where we've been lied to, or we've been let down, or we've been, you know, not protected by someone who, who should protect us. You know, we've all been through something that leads us to have a, a, a fractured trust. It always puts us in a position where we're wondering, you know, is what that person said to me true? Is he going to be there for me when I need him? Is, is that going to, like, the wonder and the doubt that we get from people is common because, not only because what happens to us, but we know what's in our heart. We know when we lie to people. We know when we're telling somebody something because that's what they want to hear and it's not actually factual. The human heart is full of deceit. It's full of jealousy and selfishness, and, and that's what it is. 
Thanks, man. So, I want to spend tonight trying to get the point across to you guys that trusting other people is, is nothing at all like, like trusting God. Um, he, he doesn't lie. He doesn't break promises. He doesn't spare our feelings uh, by telling us something that we just want to hear. He's going to give you the truth. He's going to give you direction. Whether you like it or not, that's what it is. Um, and trusting in the Lord is the only path to, to life. And nowhere is that seen more fully than in the life of Jesus. Um, you know, in his life, he trusted God fully all the way up to his death. Well, <laughs> even to his death. Um, you know, through his work on the cross and his resurrection and his ascension, like, he offers new life in us uh, by, by pouring his spirit into our hearts. You know, we live in a culture of misplaced trust. We live in a culture of broken promises and damaged lives. And, and only Jesus is unshakable. And Jesus is unbreakable. And Jesus is the only one worthy of all of our trust. You know, he trusted the Father perfectly with all of his heart. He let the Father make straight his path to salvation. And he did that so we too could trust him. You know, through him, God offers healing. God offers wisdom. God offers love to all of us if we acknowledge him in all of our ways. That's my way of breaking down Proverbs. That's why I love it so much. So let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight, God. I just ask that whatever it is that comes out of my mouth, God, or words that you want me to convey to these students, God, and hopefully, you know, it's, it's in you to have something stick with these kids, God. We ask that you show these, these young students just a way to trust you, God, a way to take you in, accept you in, in their life, in their decision-makings, in their thought processes, God. We just ask that you guide them, you let them accept you, and, and we glorify you tonight, God, and we just ask that you keep us all safe, and in your name we pray. Amen. So, basically, when it comes to following this scripture, um, I'll say there's three different kinds of people. The first kind of people are the people who trust God at all times and all of their decision making. These people are fully surrendered. They don't make, you know, whimsical, snap judgment decisions. They go to God before every decision is made, you know, instead of trusting themselves. They are pretty easy to spot because they have a certain peace about them, a certain calm about them. They go through things. They deal with problems. They deal with issues. But they, they give it over to God. They don't dwell on, on certain issues. They don't stress out over certain issues. They pray about their issues. So... Peace does come a little bit easier to them, and they typically live their life, they let their life reflect their faith in God. So those are the kind of people we typically should aspire to be like. There are also very few people like that. I'm not saying that's the majority of people, but that is the goal. That's where we want to be, surrender to God and all of our decisions and let him guide us. The second group of people are the people who just don't trust God. They trust themselves. You know, whether it's through ego or bravado or foolishness, let's call it pride. They know what's best for them. There's no way anybody else can tell them what's better. Okay, so they will be the ones that are quick to point, uh, pat themselves on the back whenever they do something right. And they'll be the first ones to point fingers at other people for everything negative in their life. They'll be the ones who become so stressed out and short-tempered and angry that they'll probably 
have to find something to distract them from all their stress and worry. Probably some sort of addiction or some sort of anger problem because sooner or later it's going to catch up with you when you trust yourself to make your decisions instead of trusting God. So that's also the group we want to avoid. Um, their, their only dialogue with God is probably going to be them raising their hands in anger saying, I have never seen you provide for me. To which he would most likely respond, well, you just haven't trusted me. All right? Thanks, man. The third group of people, those are the people who trust God when it lines up with what they want. And we'll call that group the majority of us. Right? As long as we're in our comfort zone, yeah, I'll do what God tells me to do. You know, the second you tell me to step out, eh, maybe, maybe I'll just do it on my own. You know, we know right from wrong. We have a relationship with the Lord. But we like our relationship the way it is where we are. We don't like it when you tell me to be somewhere else where I'm not comfortable. And if any of you guys think this is my comfort zone, you don't know me. Okay? I spent the majority of my young adult life as a bartender. Never thought I'd be up here talking to kids about the Bible. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but going back to Proverbs, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That doesn't mean trust in the Lord with all of your heart when, he, when his desire line up with yours. It, or it doesn't say trust in the Lord with some of your heart. It's trust in the Lord with all of your heart at all times. That is the goal. That is the plan. And if you've been coming to Elevate for any amount of time, you've probably heard a thousand times that we stress to you students to develop a personal relationship with, with God. Okay? Some of you take that to mean we want you to develop your own kind of relationship. Personal does not equal customizable. Okay? We can't just pick and choose what God tells us to do and, and make it fit us. God, it's not like going to Wendy's and getting a number four, but no tomatoes and no onions and add cheese and pickles and blah, 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 blah. No, you take what I'm giving you because that's what I'm telling you to do. That's, that is an issue that a lot of us deal with. Like, we try to bargain with God. We try to negotiate. Eh, you know, some of that sounds good, but how about if we do it this way? Nah, no, nah, that doesn't work. You know, we, we, that's not the route we want to go. That's not the route we want to take. It means no matter what. You know, it means with all of your heart. It means in all of your ways acknowledge him. That's, that's the goal. Not, not, <laughs> not being customizable. So, you know, we all have this fear of, of stepping out of our comfort zone. We, we all like it where we are. You know, I'll be honest and tell you that God is rarely going to ask you to do his work while in your own comfort zone. You're going to have to step out of it at some point. Even if it's a baby step, you know, if, if you're going to stand in the same place, you're never going to grow. Like, you have got to be willing to take that step, to take that leap, to have the trust and the faith in God to do what he's commanding you to do because he knows better than you do. So, <laughs> you know, Hebrews 11.6. Um, do we have that one, Evan? Sir? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So if we can understand that God is working even when we can't see him, that's, that's faith, that's trust. Like, I know, especially you guys, we tend to believe things that we see. 
instead of things that we can't see. That doesn't mean God's not working. Just maybe sometimes you don't see it. Like, I know how you guys are. You guys don't see the Wi-Fi, but you know when it's working and when it's not. Right? You know, those are the kind of things we need to trust in. Like, God is not just going to come out and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I'm talking to you. Pay attention. He is going to direct you. He is going to put you in a place where sometimes you're going to see it, sometimes you're not, until after the fact. But you have to understand that he is working. When you see it, he, when you see it or not, he is working. And that's faith. And some people will tell you that the opposite of faith is doubt. I will say that the opposite of faith is disobedience. Now, I think doubt comes somewhere in the middle, you know, but I think the opposite of faith is disobedience. I believe that saying that, that if we are being disobedient, if we're willfully disobedient, we cannot be covered by God's grace while being disobedient. Now, of course, we could always repent and God will forgive us, but how long are we going to keep that up? Like, how long are we going to use that as a crutch? You know, we always want to repent enough to be forgiven, but when are we ever going to surrender enough to change? Like, and so basically what I'm getting at is disobedience happens when we try to customize our relationship with God. So you guys know my wife, Jamie. You guys know my kids, Sean, Evan, and Ava. Some of you know my niece, Georgia. And then the other member of our family who's not here tonight. Right, Biscuit. So the first time I went through this message and I read it out to Jamie and I was so proud of myself. And I'm like, how was it? And she's like, eh, I didn't, I didn't hear Biscuit's name in there. So this is kind of a late ad. But so last fall, when the world was still functioning and things were normal. My family took a trip to Washington, D.C. for five days. Sean and I went to Baltimore for a day to catch a Ravens game, and we had a really good time. However, flying there, and well, Biscuit couldn't make that trip. So we had to put Biscuit in a kennel for five days. So when we get back, Jamie is so excited. Like By the time we get to the airport in New Orleans, she's already got pepperonis in her hand, and she's ready to go meet her Biscuit, and but when we get there, we get to the kennel to pick up Biscuit, and he's kind of skittish. He's kind of standoffish. He's kind of mad at Jamie for bringing him to the kennel. What he doesn't understand is that we did it for his protection. You know, Biscuit at home for five days would have eaten doors and, and whatnot, and then he would have probably been a stiff rug type thing by the time we got home. Um, so he doesn't understand because... You know, he's, he's dumb. He's a dog. Sorry, Jamie. I love you, but he's a dog. You know, he, he, his comfort zone is on Jamie's lap or, you know, on my bed or on the couch, basically laying in the air conditioner somewhere around Jamie. That's Biscuit's comfort zone. So to send him to a kennel with other dogs and outside and fleas, that's not his place. What he doesn't understand is we're protecting him. What he doesn't understand is that we cared about him so much that we wanted to keep him safe. So that is kind of trusting and having faith. It takes a couple days for him to come to warm back up. You know, after some belly rubs and some treats and, you know, some quality time with Jamie, he's back and he's back believing us. 
But we understand, when we get uncomfortable and when we think we're forgotten or when we think we're neglected, take a look at the big picture before we rush to judgment when God puts us somewhere that we're not sure why we're there. Hey, some you might be in the kennel for protection. You don't know. Anyway, so over the past seven or eight days, I have probably read 30 books of Psalms because you should have seen the list that Dom gave me to choose from. So I picked a couple that, that excited me, and then I'm going to focus on one in, in some pretty good detail later. But the first one that stuck out to me was Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. And it says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Sweet. That, that is something that I think we need to focus on. That is a, a big point to me because we, we're going to be scared. We're going to, whether it's, you know, sickness or stress or physical violence, whatever it may be, we do get scared. We do become afraid, and who do we typically go to? We go to our parents, brothers or sisters, 38 friends, Facebook, followers, anything. How many people do we go to before we go to God with our fear? How many people do we rely on before we ask him for help? You know, that is something that we, he needs to be first. David is saying here that, you know, in the, any moment of fear... He goes to God, and that is a lesson that I think is vital for all of you guys to understand. In any moment of fear, you go to God first. Uh, Psalm 28, 7, it says, You are my strength and my shield from every danger. When I fully trust in you, help is on the way. I jump for joy, and I burst forth with ecstatic... You're not even on that, man. I burst forth with ecstatic... Uh, <laughs> ecstatic... Passionate praise. I will sing songs of what you mean to me. Now, the second half of that is typically what my day looks like when I come home. I grab Jamie and I sing her songs. I don't make the songs up. It's a song that I heard on the way home, but I sing it to her. And my kids hate it. They're like, ugh. You know, but that's what I do. Like, I am so excited to see her that that's how I act when I get home. But it's not what this is about. When it says you are my strength and my shield from every danger, when I fully trust in you, help is on the way. Like, do you guys understand that? Do you understand that whether it's fear, whether it's bullies, whether it's, you know, sickness, anything that comes your way that, enti- that, that signals fear to you, you know, understand that if you trust God, help is on the way. Um... I can't stress that enough that, you know, we turn to so many things for, for answers when the clearest answer of all is right in front of us. You know, he knows when to shield us from danger. He knows when to remove us from situations. He knows when to remove us from certain people. You know, now I'm not saying, you know, God can protect you from everything. Don't go toe-to-toe with a table saw, but... You know, but using your head, you know, <laughs> once again, sorry, I love you. You know, sometimes we don't understand why some people walk into our life and why some people walk out of our life. You know, 
And sometimes we make that decision, and sometimes that decision is made for us. But I'll let you know this. It's rare that you're going to regret, you know, God taking someone out of your life. Um, he knows when to, to protect you from, from negative influence. He knows when you need saving from something that you don't even see yet. And basically what I'm getting at is when, when God takes out the garbage, don't go digging in it. Just, just trust what he's doing. Hold that, nerd. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Psalm 143.8 is David again saying, Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for you I lift up my soul. This is David laying down at night, and he wants God to be the last person he talks to, and he wants to be directed which way to go in the morning. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love. He wants God to be the last person he talks to at night and the first person he talks to in the morning. And if any of y'all have had a crush or a relationship or, you know, started dating somebody you're really into, that's, that's how you are. That's how we act. You know, we want to talk to that person until we fall asleep. And as soon as we wake up, that's who we're thinking about. And that's who we want to talk to. I don't have a whole lot to get into with this one, but the idea of talking to God last and first uh, excites me. It's something that I, I will openly say that, that I don't practice, but I will now. You know, because I was introduced to this verse accidentally, uh, that's something that I'm going to go through. And so these three psalms are just reminders that God's going to work his way, you know, in our life. And he's going to answer our questions, but he's going to answer our questions in his way and in his time. I can promise you that God's timing doesn't care about your deadlines. God, eh, God is going to do his thing his way, we have to have faith in that, and we have to trust that. We, first things first, we have to go to him. We have to talk to him. We have to create that dialogue with him to get into his grace, to, get in, to know his character, to know who he is, and to know what to expect, to know how to talk to him, and to know how to listen to him. Otherwise, it's going to be kind of hard to get your instructions if, if you don't know how to do any of those things. So, I think this next generation of kids, and I love all of y'all. I really do. I'm going to say that over and over again. <clears throat> but I think some of y'all really need to understand that the world doesn't revolve around you. Um, I think what y'all need to understand is God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. So you're going to have to keep your little personal issues to yourself and let God do his thing and trust that he is, in fact, going to do his thing. Thanks, man. So, believing in God and having faith in God, to me, are the easy parts. You know, believing that there is a God and, and understanding his power, that's easy. But if you feel like the belief and the faith aren't helping, then you're missing the most important ingredient, and, and that is trust. Uh, just because we know how powerful he is doesn't mean we trust that he cares about us sometimes. You know, maybe we think that our problems are too big for God. Or maybe we think our problems are too small for God. Maybe we feel forgotten and we don't even want to bother God. You know, but the thing is, he does know. He does care. He will help. Got to ask for it. Got to talk to him. Got to have a relationship with him. You know, belief in God will open the door. Faith in God will turn on the light. Trust in God 
will lay out your path. Understand? It'll show you the way. Believing in God will open the door. Having faith in God, turn on the light, help you see the light, however you want to put it. Are you doing shorthand? <laughs> Trusting in God will show you the way. So, after my week-long frustration level through Psalms, also, not only did Jamie give me the meh, Dom did too. It kind of hurt. It is absolutely true, you know, but, eh. So, I switched it all up. Anyway, <laughs> what I'd like to dive into is, is Psalm uh, 37, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to go through all eight verses real quick, and then I'm going to give us a little, a little something after to break it all down. It says, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the word, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it turns only to evil. There's so much in there to unpack. There's so many lessons in there that we can apply. Uh, So what I figured I would do is I would break them down into like six steps uh, that I can assure you will lead you to a different level of peace and happiness with yourself and in in your relationship with the Lord. So step one will be don't fret. For those of you who don't know, fret is worry, stress, something along those lines. Uh, And David knows how hard it is not to to worry because he mentions it three times in these eight verses. It's a big deal. Uh, God commands us not to worry. But it's a choice we make. You know, we, maybe, we can't, maybe we can't control what pops into our head, but we can control how long we dwell on it. We can control how long we worry about it. You know, so that's first and foremost. You know, turn your, turn your worry into prayer. You know, give it over to God because the best weapon against worry is trusting God. That's what I got from step one. Ready? Y'all still with me? Yeah. Hannah, you sleeping? Cool. <laughs> Step two will be trust in the Lord and do good. And I find these two are inseparable because faith and trust are lifestyle. They involve action, and, and faith includes obedience. Obedience includes doing good things that God commands us to do. Uh, that's why trusting God and doing good, they, they can't be separated. That is our first, our first command from God, is to love him and to love others. So... If we're doing good things for God, then clearly we're loving other people. Uh, once again, can't tell you how important that is. Uh, you don't want to be stuck with that stigma of being the person who, who ruins people, who hurts people, who, who gives them a false label. You want to be the person to help someone. You want to be the person that someone can count on. You want to be the one that they call when they need you. And the only time you look down on somebody is when you're helping them up. What's up? Whoop, get up. So, trust in the Lord and do good. Number three is delight yourself in the Lord. 
And so David here, speaking from his own experience, David says when we delight in God, he will give us all of our desires. So this is kind of like a blank check. Oh, wait. Any of y'all know what a check is? It's kind of like your grandmother's debit card. So basically he's saying this is a blank check, but there's a string attached. Because in the beginning it says, delight yourself in the Lord and you will receive all of your heart's desires. But the string attached is that when you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires are going to match up with his desires, and that's why you're going to get them. You know? You guys are awesome. I love you, Cindy. Plutonically. Platonically. I know you don't, Gavin. Oh, Pete. Whatever. All right. The next one will be commit your way to the Lord. Commitment is important. Any, any special relationship, marriage, best friends, commitment is, is a foundation there. Discipleship is no different. You have got to find a way to, to commit to God. That means you go to him, you lay everything you have at the cross. You lay it all at his feet. You know, you go to him in prayer, you, you give him my problems, and you leave them with him. Let him deal with it. Don't dwell on anything. Don't worry about it. Give it to God. Commit yourself to him. Seek his presence and trust his will. Trust his timing. That's commitment. That's what we need you to do. The next one. If I could turn the page. There we go. Be still with the Lord. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. For those of you who were at camp last year, this is quiet time. This is you sitting there. You alone, by yourself. No outside noises. You and the Lord. Okay, this is you talking to the Lord. This is you reading your word. More importantly, this is you listening. You know, this is where you understand that there's a reason why he gave you one mouth and two ears. We all want to go to the Lord and talk. We need to go to the Lord and listen. (laughs) Sitting quietly with God is the most beneficial way for you guys to grow with the Lord. It's the most beneficial way for you guys to understand him and to learn how to trust him. And if we all did it, you know, I mean, look, I'll be the first one to admit, when I, so I whine to God sometimes, and it's a problem, but I do listen. You know, I, if you would, I just need to learn, like you guys, to, to listen more than I speak. Um, last step is refrain from anger and turn away from wrath. We all get angry, and we know where anger leads. It leads to hate. It leads to jealousy. It leads to fear. It leads to violence. It leads to so many things that are sins. At some point, being angry doesn't become just an emotion anymore. It becomes a sin. It becomes us wishing ill will on someone. It becomes us being jealous or us lying or us breaking trust of other people because, because we get sucked in by anger. You know, if we could avoid anger, if we could avoid wrath, you know, that is another thing, you know, that, that strengthens your relationship with God. And if you sincerely want to do that, you know, you know, God's help is all you need. You have to ask for help with those kind of things. You know, I'm one of those guys, you know, who short-tempered. Uh, I know, backtracking a little bit, guys, I'm sorry, but, you know, before I fully bought into this, when I was just a regular worldly person, um, I would have my days mapped out. I would go to work, and when I'd come home, 
That's gym time, okay? I don't care what, it, what Jamie's up to, and I sort of care about what the kids are doing, but basically I just want to watch my TV, you know? Um, and they would come to me, and they would, they would try to, to help me, but I was too selfish. I was too, you know, worldly. I, was, I let all these anger and all these issues control me. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that I was treating God's invitations like an interruption. Like, I was focused on what I wanted to focus on, and I was just forgetting to see the big picture, forgetting to see or failing to see what the plan was for me. And, you know, when I, when I first started getting involved in church, and people would tell me, you know, God's got a plan for you. I thought that was cliche. I thought that was something you say to new people so they will buy in. Um, but now I can 100% say that I fully believe that God has a plan for me. And I fully believe that he has a plan for every single one of you. Um, so those six steps, those six steps will get you to a place of better peace and of better happiness and of, of better trust with the Lord. And, you know, comparing now to what I was, happiness doesn't come from being in control. It comes from knowing who is. And when you understand that God taking control of your life, trusting God to do it, you know, that is when you start to, to really understand life. That is when you really start to live. And so knowing who's, who's in control, listening to who's in control, and, and importantly, that focusing on who's in control. You know, in the book of Mark, you know, Jesus is out there walking on water. They're all, in, you know, all the disciples are in a boat. And, you know, this massive storm hits. And the wind is terrible and the rain is terrible. And these people are fearing for their lives. And they look over and there's Jesus walking on water. Um, Peter says, hey, Jesus, I want to walk on water with you. Jesus says, come on, come get you some. So there they are, walking on water together. And then Peter starts to focus on the wind. Then he starts to focus on the waves and the rain and all the potential issues. And then Peter starts to sink. He took his focus off Jesus long enough to focus on the wrong thing, and he started to go down. And until he said, save me, Lord, he was going straight to the bottom because standing right next to the Lord, he forgot to focus on what's important. He forgot to focus on the king. And he focused on all the potential issues. And that is another issue that we are going to have to sidestep along the way. It's easy to see what's going on wrong in our lives, but it's not always easy to see our blessings. I will guarantee you there are some kids out there praying to have the things that you guys take for granted. I'll guarantee you there are people who wish they could be in your shoes and you don't even understand it. So focus on the Lord. Focus on what's right in your life instead of all the distractions, instead of all the destruction, instead of all the issues on side of us. We focus on God. We trust in Him. And so I know I touched on it earlier, but I want to say it again. Um, I understand broken trust. It, it, it's hard. You know, when, when that 
when that is fractured, when, when trust is broken, it's hard to recover from. And I understand some of you guys have been lied to. I understand some of you guys have had your heart broken. I understand some of you guys who might have a parent who didn't protect you the way they should. And I understand you're walking around wondering if you can trust anybody. You know, you've gone to school and you've been gossiped about. You've gone to school and someone has told you you're not good enough because whatever. You're not tall enough. You're not athletic enough. You're not skinny enough. You're a nerd. Whatever it may be, you're better than that. You know who I'm talking to. Um, so we hear all these things that crush us, that cripple us, and they make it hard for us to trust other people. You have got to understand that God is not like that. Our Father in Heaven is not like us. He's perfect. He loves you all day, every day, no matter what. He created you the way you are to do His work, just how you are. Don't listen to the outside voices. Don't listen to the people around you telling you you're not good enough to do something. You know, and some of you have work to do tonight because of your, your broken trust, because you can't get over something that happened to you. I understand it. I'm here for you. And I just want you to understand that, that God, more importantly, God is here for you. And he won't let you down. He never will. He doesn't know how to not love you. You know, so don't let tonight pass you by. Like, after service, I know we can't exactly pray together. But if any of you want to talk to a leader, your leader, any leader, I'll mask up. I'll pray with you. You know, if you have anything that you're hanging on to, anything that's stopping you from advancing and springboarding to the next step, because you won't understand Miss Patton when she tells you how to praise. You won't understand Jamie Conley when she tells you how to worship. You won't understand Jamie Dishman when she preaches about repentance. And you certainly won't understand Chad Young when he talks about wisdom, unless you can trust. If you can't get past trust, then you can't even fully accept what's coming in the next four weeks, which I can't wait for. I'm excited, and I hope you guys are excited. But if you're hanging on to something, if something is stopping you from trusting God, stick around tonight. I'll talk to you. I know Jamie will talk to you. I'll mask up. We'll help you out. Whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever it is you're struggling with, we'll pray about it. If, you, if that's not you, if you're good, if you're cool, make your way out there. Play in the game room. Wait for your parents. But respect the people who do want to stick around. You know, I didn't understand the importance of trusting God until recently. Um, now I'm 42. You, know, you guys are 12, 17, somewhere in the middle. Um, man, do it. Surrender now. You know, give it to him now. Get rid of all that garbage that we're holding on to, all the outside stuff that really doesn't matter. Give it to God. Give it to God tonight. All right? Elevate, thank you all for having me. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Episodes are recorded every Wednesday at Elevate Student Ministry. All students, 7th through 12th grades, are welcome.